James, a slave belonging to Will Armistead of New Kent County, humbly notwithstanding his own state of bondage, with an honest desire to serve this country in its defense, therefore did during the ravages of Lord Cornwallis through the state, by the permission of his master, enter into the service of Marquis Lafayette. Welcome to American Epistles, the story of our country, one letter at a time. I'm your host, Susan Stevenson. American Epistles explores our history through the letters, journals, and diaries of ordinary Americans. I'm bringing you a mini-episode today in honor of my son, Micah, whose voice you heard in the opening. Micah's fourth grade class studied Virginia history this year, and one American who stood out to Micah is James Armistead Lafayette. Lafayette was an enslaved American who spied for the Continental Army during the Revolutionary War. I had originally planned to include him in my recent series on the literacy of enslaved Americans, but since I wasn't sure whether Lafayette had learned to read, some sources say he did and others that he was illiterate, and since he was special to Micah, I decided to give Mr. Lafayette an episode of his own. James Armistead, as he was known before the war, was born in the mid-1700s in New Kent County, Virginia. He was enslaved to William Armistead, a merchant and a member of the Virginia House of Delegates. In the spring of 1781, General George Washington sent the French general, the Marquis de Lafayette, to Virginia to thwart the advancing British army. With William Armistead's permission, James Armistead volunteered in response to Lafayette's call for spies. Posing as a runaway, James Armistead made his way into the British camp as a forager, a job that involved gathering fodder and provisions from local farms. He eventually became a waiter at the British headquarters, where he overheard conversations between high-ranking officers. He conveyed that information to other black spies, and the information made its way to Lafayette. Armistead also acted as a double agent, passing false information to the British. In August, Armistead gave British General Charles Cornwallis a torn piece of paper that he had received from the Marquis. The document contained an order to General Daniel Morgan to position his force on Lafayette's right flank. Armistead took the crumpled paper to Cornwallis, saying that he didn't know if it was of any importance. Based on this false report, believing that the American forces were greater than they actually were, Cornwallis decided not to attack at that time. Armistead also alerted Lafayette when Cornwallis decamped from Portsmouth. 10,000 British troops were heading for the Yorktown Peninsula. Lafayette, Washington, and French General Comte de Rochambeau established a land and sea blockade around Yorktown. Together, the French and American forces began the siege that would lead to the British surrender and American victory in October. Two years after the war ended, the Virginia General Assembly emancipated enslaved soldiers who had fought for the Americans. The act reads, Whereas it appears just and reasonable that all persons enlisted as aforesaid, who have faithfully served agreeable to the terms of their enlistment, 
and have thereby, of course, contributed towards the establishment of American liberty and independence, should enjoy the blessings of freedom as a reward for their toils and labors. However, enslaved spies did not benefit from this law, and so in December of 1784, James Armistead petitioned the House of Delegates. Being impelled by a most earnest desire of gaining that liberty which is so dear to all mankind, and convinced that if he rendered any essential services to the public, that would be his reward. He often, during the invasion of the enemy in the year of 1781, at the risk of life entered into the enemy's camp, and collected such intelligence as he supposed of importance and which he conveyed in the most ex expeditious manner to the Marquis de Lafayette, who then commanded the American army in Virginia, and praying that an act may pass for his emancipation, and that a reasonable compensation may be made for him to his present proprietor. The legislators did not act on the petition at that time. James Armistead tried again in November 1786. To the Honorable, the Speaker and Gentlemen of the General Assembly, the petition of James, a slave belonging to Will Armistead of New Kent County, humbly showeth that your petitioner, persuaded of the just right which all mankind have to freedom, notwithstanding his own state of bondage, with an honest desire to serve his country in its defense thereof, did, during the ravages of Lord Cornwallis through this state, by the permission of his master, enter into the service of the Marquis Lafayette, that during the time of his serving the Marquis, he often, at the peril of his life, found means to frequent the British camp, by which means he kept open a channel of the most useful communications to the army of the state that at different times your petitioner conveyed enclosures from the Marquis into the enemy lines, of the most secret and important kind, the possession of which, if discovered on him, would have most certainly endangered the life of your petitioner, that he undertook and performed all commands with cheerfulness and fidelity, in opposition to the persuasion and example of many thousands of his unfortunate condition. For proof of the above, your petitioner begs leave to refer to the certificate of the Marquis Lafayette, hereto annexed, and, after taking his case as here stated into consideration, he humbly entreats that he may be granted that freedom, which he flatters himself he has in some degree contributed to establish, and which he hopes always to prove himself worthy of. Nor does he desire even this inestimable favor, unless his present master from whom he has experienced everything, which can make tolerable the state of slavery, shall be made adequate compensation for the loss of a valuable workman, which your petitioner humbly requests may be done, and your petitioner shall ever pray, etc. The certificate referred to in this petition was actually written back in 1784, when the Marquis was in Richmond. It reads... This is to certify that the bearer, by the name of James, has done essential services to me 
while I had the honor to command in this state. His intelligence from the enemy's camp were industriously collected and most faithfully delivered. He perfectly acquitted himself with some important commissions I gave him, and appears to me entitled to every reward his situation can admit of. When I looked into this further, I found that property and census recorders sometimes listed all of the black people in a freedman's household as slaves, even his family members. It was also not uncommon for blacks to acquire slaves in order to preserve family ties. For example, a husband who had either been born free or emancipated might in turn around and purchase his wife. In 1816, James Lafayette and his family acquired 40 acres of land next to William Armistead's estate. Three years later, Virginia was among several states passing laws to grant pensions to veterans of the Revolutionary War. On behalf of James Armistead Lafayette, the Virginia legislature declared the following. Be it therefore enacted that he is hereby authorized to receive $60 for his present relief, and the auditor of public accounts is required to issue a warrant on the Treasury to him or his representative for the same. And be it further enacted that he shall be placed on the pension list and receive $40 annually to be paid as other pensioners are paid. This act shall be enforced from the passing thereof. Before he died, James Armistead Lafayette would see his namesake, the Marquis, one last time. In 1824, the Frenchman returned to the United States for a tour. During a parade in Richmond, the two Lafayettes saw each other and embraced, as reported in the Richmond Inquirer. James Armistead Lafayette died on August 9, 1830. The theme music for this show is performed by Pretlow Stevenson IV. Show notes are at AmericanEpistles.com and check the Pinterest page for images related to today's episode. Please like the podcast on Facebook, follow on Twitter at Ordinary Letters, or leave a comment and rating at Apple Podcasts. American Epistles is also on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>